Now serving F-27 at DMV window number 16. Okay, Rose, we're second in line. Perfect, Rose. You remembered the birth certificate? Yes, and we have our electric bill. Excellent. We'll be Real ID ready in no time. Real ID ready to visit our grandson, Ricky, at Fort Bragg. Then fly to New Orleans for Jazz Fest. Pardon me, are you talking to yourself? Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I am. Talk yourself into Real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash realid. This is Jen Kelly with the Louisiana Hospitality Foundation, and you're listening to Flourish Truly. Good evening, beautiful people, and happy Tuesday. This is Tina and Jeff with this week's episode of Flourish Truly. Hey, Jeff. Happy Tuesday. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. See, it's election day, and it's a, if nothing else, it is a celebration of being an American, and we should yes. all recognize how so many people in this world don't have the right or the ability to ever do what we do on a regular basis, something that so many of us take for granted, go out and vote and choose the people to represent us. Uh, that doesn't happen in a lot of places. So it is a great Tuesday, I think. Yes, it is. And it's been a it's been a crazy couple of days getting here after all the excitement we talked about on the show last week with just Halloween and then Hurricane Zeta and then people having power outages and just the, the madness of the weekend with Halloween and just people going out and doing stuff. And then here we are now. You see, <laughs> on you Tuesday. only you only consider it a crazy week because you haven't gotten used to 2020 yet. Come on now, Tina. So, no, I've totally got used to it. I'm just in complete denial. Like I'm just sitting here saying, okay, how much sooner do we have uh, <laughs> to, to this happens and that happens, but I'm counting the days, November 1st, all saints day, happy birthday to our new Orleans saints that left us with uh, exactly two months left in this year. So I am, you know, counting <laughs> we are just ticking, slightly there. So we I, are ticking down the time. That is for sure. But I tell you what, the Halloween I told Dan, I said, can I put up the Christmas tree? <laughs> yeah, it was, I well, told him, no. I said, I want to put up the Christmas tree. He told me, no, not until Thanksgiving. I said, okay. <laughs> the way the weather's been the last couple of days, you almost had to feel like you needed to put the Christmas tree up. But how much of a oh, blessing was absolutely it? Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. How much of a blessing was it that last week we have a hurricane that comes through and knocks out power to, you know, 400,000 people. Yeah, two thirds of the metro area. And it's followed by a cold front that just makes it feel bearable for everybody. So uh, that was a, that was a real blessing in disguise. Yeah. Everybody was talking about their power being out and a friend of mine was saying how she was cold. And I said, okay. I said, we'll put the heater on. And, and then of course, you know, I realized after I said that, I was like, Oh, that's right. You don't have power. She's like, yeah, I've got the windows open. I'm like, why do you have the windows open? If you're cold, <laughs> close the windows. But yes, it was, it was a beautiful weekend and the weather, we just, we really could not have, I opened up today was the first day. I only had them open for about an hour or so. Cause it wound up warming up, but I've had them open like the last couple of days. It's just been so nice to air out the house and just, you know, just kind of get that I guess what you call like closed up funk out. And well, yeah, uh, just, yeah. And, and of course we've been under high pressure since the storm went out. And when you have high pressure and dry air, 
down here we can actually open up the doors and not feel like we're in a locker room for a change. So yeah, that's a big really plus. Nice. It's been really nice weather, north winds, um, fairly calm, but it's been it's been nice. And I think that we earned it going through what we did on Thursday when that storm blew in. Without and of course, a doubt. It was a lot stronger than what we really anticipated. It was an anomaly of a storm, but another blessing that thing was moving by the time it hit land, it was moving at 25 miles an yeah. hour, which I think is speeding in golden meadow where it passed. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're going to, they're going to make sure they, uh, they get them into court, but uh, yeah, I, it came through so quick and it was done. And had that thing gone slower, had that thing come through at eight, nine, 10 miles really an scary. hour, we'd really have a scary. different story and we probably would not be recording this show right now. Yeah, it was, it was, it, it, and there were some areas I saw in St. Bernard, some people had posted videos online that uh, a couple houses got damaged and, and things like that. Nothing, n- nothing serious. Fortunately, no, no major catastrophic damage, of course, like what happened with uh, Hurricane Laura and Sally, but um, unofficially, they said that it was a category uh two storm and it was one mile an hour away from a cat three but of course they're going to revisit the data and i wouldn't be surprised if they if they call it a three after it's all said and done yeah i wouldn't be surprised if you look at what happened to areas like um even grand isle what what happened at grand isle what happened uh down near cameron what happened going up through uh the eastern side of the storm, even Braithwaite, which is not terribly far from the center of the city of New Orleans where the eye passed, but anything on that eastern eye wall, there was a lot of damage. And we still have probably 20 to 30,000 homes that still don't have power across the area. We uh, Some people just got power back either last night or yeah. today. A couple of my There's- friends just got it yesterday. Some got it on Sunday night. Um, some got it like immediately, like the next day, but I mean, just depending on where you were, there was a lot of transformers that blew some poles, some trees. So that's what happened to us after Katrina, we had a poplar tree in our front yard and it fell on the lines and ripped them out of my house and my neighbor's house and then took the pole with it because yeah. it fell just right. So our neighborhood, our whole neighborhood had power except we had to wait for energy to come out and put another pole in. Then we had to get an electrician to reconnect the lines in our house. Because unfortunately, you know, with the older homes, the lines are above ground. Now with newer homes, they're, they're burying in the underground. So you don't have that same risk, but that's what happened with us, Katrina. And with this with same thing with Zeta, quite a few uh, homes had the same problem. And as I was driving around Metairie yesterday, the debris, like there's just tree limbs everywhere and the car washes, like, I don't know if you notice that, like when you're driving around, the car washes were packed. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I was like, I-, I knew that they had had the haunted car washes for Halloween. I didn't know if maybe they had, you know, extended it for another couple of days. Then I thought about it. I said, you know, people's cars are probably filthy just from all the rain and the leaves and everything. So maybe that's why, but yeah, three car washes I happened to passed while I was out and about and every one of them was packed. Yeah, that is a, you know, like I said, when you had not only the storm blow through, which, which just was, uh, I, I sat, you know, my house, it faces away from the river. So it faces North and that, the back of my house is South. And as the storm came in, I was able to go on my front porch and watch the entire first half of the storm kind of come in 
And I stayed outside pretty much the whole time just to listen to the rain, watch the, watch the sights because I didn't have, obviously I wouldn't do anything that is dangerous. I, I, I didn't put myself in any kind of harm's way, but I just sat out on the porch and watched and the winds were really, really incredible. You could see stuff flying all over the place. The, the poles were, were bending, but when that eye wall passed over and luckily we were on the Western side of the eye wall, which is um, not as intense as the Eastern side. When that eye wall came through, it went dead yes. silent. And Saw then that video. wind hit me right <laughs> in the face within, I mean, a matter of seconds, I'm standing there and I'm taking, you know, I'm taking a look at the sky. I'm looking around the house and I had gone over cause I, I had a bunch of shingles and stuff come off and I walked over to the side of the house. Right. When I come back on the porch, I, I sit down again and it went from zero to 60 in, in less than three seconds, just, battering you right in the face. Luckily, it was a dry backside of the storm. So there wasn't a whole lot of rain with it, but it was a lot of wind really quick starting to oh, blow yeah. all that stuff around it, again. Somebody had shared a video and they were they were underneath their carport. And I guess like you said, you know, sitting out there and enjoying weather and watching it. And then it was just like at the trees were like going all kind of uh, different ways. And then all of a sudden it was like, literally like you could hear a pin drop and nothing. Like yep. it just, everything came to a standstill and that's exactly when the eye came over. And, uh, it was, you know, it, it, we, we were very fortunate. We were very fortunate. Un unlike poor people right now in uh, Nicaragua, that, that's got, uh, Ada going on right now. That's like, I mean, just blown up. And as of like about an hour ago, the la last time I saw something on the news, they were talking about it possibly going into, um, Cuba and then heading to Florida yeah. and, yeah. We, as of right now, because, you know, this has been crazy 2020, like you said, as of right now, we don't really have to, to be concerned, too concerned about it because they've said with the cooler, drier air and, and all the fronts that we've had and coming through here, kind of maybe keep it away from us, but they actually have it making a loop and then going back out in the lower Gulf and then uh, heading to, to Florida. So that's going to be one to watch next week. I mean, we're, we're talking like a good seven to 10 days out about this. There's already. something to, that we all have to continue to watch. Of course, hurricanes season ends november 30th but uh, come on we've november had storms <laughs> we've had storms develop this late but zeta may landfall ada now makes this the most most active hurricane season in history and it's interesting to watch because ada is going to hit through central america and it's going to come back out over the bay of campeche and then there's two things that happen either a it holds its tropical qualities and continues as Ada, or if it loses its tropical qualities and then reorganizes, it becomes Theta, and we go into another storm. So it's, just... it's unfathomable, but it is something to watch. We have to see what this does. Of course, folks in Florida, we hope that they can get spared the mess that uh, those of us along the Louisiana coast have had this year. But I, I tell you, I think we're all ready for December 1st. We're all definitely ready for January 1st. <laughs> oh, I'm so ready. Look, I, I was, I, I, look, I, when I tell you I was dead serious about the Christmas tree, I want to put the Christmas tree up. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I'm just, I I'm, I, it is my favorite time of the year. And I literally, I love to enjoy it and watch the, the Hallmark movies and Lifetime movies and drink 
hot cocoa and listen to i mean i when magic 101.9 which is our local radio station it's kind of like a work what they call work workday radio station it's light rock and pop music they start their christmas stream online of christmas music next week and then there's the actual station because you have the option you can listen online and or you can listen and uh to them live they will start their actual christmas music from the the um the the radio station i think it's like uh the saturday or sunday the weekend before thanksgiving so you see we get to listen it's people like you that ruins some of our favorite holidays. <laughs> I am a massive Thanksgiving fan because let's face it. I love to eat. I love to get together with family. Thanksgiving is a great time. It always gets passed over because of you Christmas folks that have well, the hard I'm not normally like that, Jeff. It's just this year has been insane and just trying to keep the positivity and, you know, the bubble floating around and just, you know, happy go lucky spirit for everybody. I think people are really just trying to get Christmas, you know, the Christmas spirit and the Christmas season starting earlier this year. I am not normally like that, but this year has just been such, you know, just crazy up and down with everything personally and professionally going on it just you know people want that they need that i mean hallmark started with the the christmas movies last weekend and i can't tell you how many of my friends were like i don't normally watch them but i'm watching them because they just need that extra you know happiness in their life right now and that well, joy. especially this year you know christmas comes at the very end of the year new year's follows a week later everybody needs a reason to have that excitement. It's just waiting for it and getting there is the hard part, which is a whole lot like watching the Saints lately. <laughs> um, of course, this past weekend, Saints take on the Bears up in Chicago, and it looked like it was a pretty cold outing from the way we saw uh, Coach Payton bundled up out there. But uh, so tell me, you watched it. Uh, what did you think? Well, I, I had to make a joke about him all bundled up like that. I even posted it online. I said, oh, he's acting like it's cold. And somebody said, oh, I bet if you were out there, you'd probably have four layers of clothes on. I said, I know. I said, it's just, it, it's funny to see that because I mean, he's, you know, as cold as it was, he still got the Waffle House menu in front of him with all the calls. But uh, the game was just insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, to, to, I, I didn't think we were going to go into overtime I, when the fight happened and I call it a fight. It wasn't even that when Wims punched uh, CJ, when that happened, that, that that's when I just kind of threw, threw my hands up. I said, okay, all bets are off. What's going to happen next? It, that, that was just crazy. And, and I, I commend him for not flinching and reacting he got hit not once but twice he just <laughs> turned and was like did you just really hit me and then he hit him again like and when- then janoris jenkins jackrabbit just comes like flying on jumped on him like he was riding a horse i was like well i was like at least he's got his his guys back but i mean it was just like, what, what are you doing, dude? I mean, you're an, you're an NFL professional player. You cannot lose your cool. And the worst part about it is, is that from what I've, un, from what I've heard now is that he was like stewing on the bench for like over 12 minutes from something that happened on their, on the previous play that they were against each other. And apparently there were some words, something happened. He was angry at CJ. So he goes and sits on the bench 
for 12 minutes and can't wait to get back out on the field. And then, like I said, you know, he snatched the mouthpiece and then he punched him and then punched him again. Next thing you know, you know, uh, uh, Jenkins is all over him and then he's ejected. I mean, and that was the the end of it, but I just, I commend him because I tell you, most people wouldn't have been able to stand there and um, much less take one punch and then two. No, and look, we know football is a game that is played in the trenches and it is a downright physical, dirty game. You know, if you ever talk to an ex-NFL player about what happens when you have a pileup on a fumble, you start to realize that there are things that you never see that really happen in a game, as unbelievable as they are. But uh, whatever happened between that time, you've got to have a way to – and the play is over and move on. And even if you do want to get your revenge, get your revenge in play. Not yeah. like that. That is that is a cowardice way to do it. Not and, and again, I, is, I, I you're support. not talking two minutes where you're not you're not talking two minutes where like the adrenaline's still pumping and it literally just happened. I mean, over like they like somebody said it was like 12 minutes. Like they went back and looked at everything. 12 minutes from a time where it initially happened to where he was sitting on the bench and it went back out there. That's a long time. You let that go at that point. I mean, now it's, he's been suspended for two games. He is appealing it. He's probably not going to win that appeal. Uh, I haven't seen a fine come down yet. So I'm sure, but I'm sure he's going to be fine. But I mean, you've just, you've got to let that go. And I, and and I, I commend, I commend CJ for just, you know, being very professional and mature about it and, and, and taking it because I mean, I'm sure I know he would have been fined by the league, probably been ejected himself and suspended, but I would have been more scared of the wrath of Sean Payton. (laughs) No, I doesn't go for that. (laughs) I agree. And I think that, you know, look, I, I noticed on Sunday, I watched, I watched most of the game Sunday, at least uh, bits here and there. The games were chippy. If you watch that Ravens Steelers game, mm-hmm. they couldn't stop going at it. They almost cleared the benches on both sides at one point. You're at that point now, the halfway point in the season, and you're starting to see who the leaders of the of of the packs are in, in the divisions are starting to come out. They're starting to separate themselves. Things are happening, and 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 just the you know the level of contact when you get into two teams. Now you know y'all know. I mean, anybody that's a Saints fan out there listening, and Jeff, you know the Saints and the Bears don't have a great relationship stemming right. back to some things that happened in the 2006 2007 season which i talked about on social media we don't have a very good relationship there is no love lost there and i don't put it really on the blame of of the team of the bears that year it was more of how saints fans were treated in chicago for the nfc championship game and i was not there but i had a lot of friends there and i'm i'm still you know i take it very personal we've talked about this before numerous times football is just a game. And, you know, at the end of the day, you want to support your team and you want them to win, but there's such a thing of taking it too far. Um, And without getting into details, a lot of Chicago bears fans took it way too far and made it way too personal in Chicago with that game. And I will never forget it. My friends that have, have, have that went to that game that travel to other cities for uh, Saints games have never forgotten it. It would not, if they could have traveled this year, I can tell you they wouldn't have went to Chicago. Well, I tell you, you know what? It's, 
it's all those White Sox fans on the south side that cause the problems. It's not the Cubs fans on the north side. I can promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> but they just, you know, it's it, 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 it's a, it's a, a chippy thing. I feel like that with the Eagles, the same, same way, and of course the Falcons because they're division rival. But those three teams really just, you know, with the fans, do we don't get along. Well, know? the Saints and, and the Bears have a rivalry that extends quite far back, actually. And part of it is because the two teams have traveled to each other's game, you know, each other's stadium so many times because the Amtrak has always run from New Orleans to Chicago. The city of New Orleans train will take you directly to Chicago and drop you off about two, well, maybe a mile and a half from Soldier Field. And so those two teams have always traveled that way. And the rail workers have always worked along the side of each other. And most of them were hubbed in either Chicago or New Orleans. There's a lot of rivalry there. What's funny is unlike normal years, when you have a lot of fans in the, in the, in the stadiums, you do get that chippiness in the stadium that doesn't exist these days. So but we're seeing that chippiness in the field. And I, and I think part of the point was about what we're seeing in these games is, and even on the college ranks, we had a game this weekend where a coach threw a punch in college football. I think they're dealing with this weird atmosphere they're playing in this strange season, all the dynamics and the cream is rising to the top, which is frustrating a lot of other teams. That's a lot to deal with in itself uh, and then you put you put uh, COVID on top of it, and it really almost becomes a breaking point. I think we're seeing that in some of those games. And I was listening to some of the post game commentary, not just locally here, but of course on ESPN and NFL Network, and they were talking about the the teams that are are doing well and the expectations. And they brought up about the Saints, and they said, "Well, they're five and two, and yeah, they're not playing." When I say they're, we're not playing to the level that we're used to, but we're five and two. That's not bad. It's you know, we're, bad. we're, we're unfortunately, I mean, the bucks, they, they won last night. So there's still a game ahead of us. And then we played them on Sunday night. So we have a chance to, to get back the division. Yeah, we, we, we're, we're still in the running here. And I think that there's a couple of important points that you have to look at. Number one, the bears, have been a good team. They've lost some tough games, including to the Bucks this year. So that has been something difficult for them. And the Saints are a team that we're not really putting anybody away. We had a three-point margin this week, which is exactly the same thing we had against the Panthers, who are another good team that goes and loses to the Falcons last week. Um, those are things that if you look at it, and I think Ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility. And from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. 
Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, You Break I Fix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools? It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break I Fix. Today, in terms of the ESPN NFL rankings, they've got the Saints at number eight, which is pretty good, uh, pretty solid. But this game Sunday night is not just a, another game in the schedule. This is your division lead. This is the game that can determine that playoff scenario for the Saints. And I realize we're only going into week nine. But it's not too early to start thinking about that when you're going to your second matchup against Tom Brady and the and the Bucks. Who you really want to hold that tiebreaker? Didn't and- exactly. They didn't look great last night in the first half. But I, I made the joke. I don't know if you saw it. I was making the joke. I said. I said. You know, there was years when when Brady was with the the Patriots that they always thought that you know the Giants had his number and got you know they got under his skin. And I'm like, here it is. You know, new team, new coach, same Brady different giants and still i mean he did not they did not play well last night at all i couldn't believe when when i turned it on it was like the third quarter and i was like and and they only they only won by a couple of points and that's you would have thought especially with the way the giants have been playing and we talked about it on the show before that he would have they would have blew them out and they right. didn't so which makes it scary for me because now we got to play them Sunday night after them having such a bad game, because usually when, when teams almost lose or lose to a a team, that's like, so, you know, downfall on their radar, they come back the next week and they just blow away whoever they play, which happens to be us. And I hope that's not the case, but the positive out of all of this is that we were down three wide receivers and we still got it done. We still, it was, it was, it was not a great win, but we won in the trenches and we should have all three of those guys back this week. Right. We should be, we should be a pretty healthy team uh, going into Tampa this weekend. And I think the saints are a team that are not going to be blown out. I don't think that there is, you know, even when you look down the schedule and you see that matchup with Kansas city out there, and you go, oh, that is just ugly. We're seeing this defense play some scrappy football and play some really, you know, there was a point in the game uh, when uh, towards the end of the game when I'm saying this is the Saints need a sack here. They got one last week. They could do it again, and they got it. They got yep, it got right it. there. Got, got the turnover. I mean, the, the and that was a coverage things. sack. That wasn't a pressure sack at all because we've seen there hasn't been a whole lot of pressure but we've seen decent coverage, but it's a difficult thing in the end. And they're going to have to get pressure on Brady. There's you, you're not going to be able to let him have time to get that ball down the field. They have too many offensive weapons. So they're going to have to get pressure on Brady. The defense is going to have to step up. And on that note, we did actually make a trade this uh, yesterday. I don't know if you saw it Mm -hmm. where they traded uh, for Quan Alexander with the 49ers and they traded away Kiko Alexander. So I think that I know he had an injury and it was minor, but we got younger at that position. I don't know what their thought process is. I got to only think that they're just, you know, trying to shore up and get defense more help. I don't know if he's going to come into the mix Sunday or it's going to take a week or not, 
But I mean, that's, that's something positive too, that, you know, they're addressing, Hey, the defense isn't as, as stellar as we'd like him to be. And although I would have liked to have seen him pick up somebody in the secondary, you know, Hey, Quan Alexander is, is not anybody to, to really sit there and say, Hey, he's not going to be a difference maker because he should be. He's not a guy that uh, anybody really wants to see on the other side. He's a very dangerous player. He's had some injury issues, but I think we're going to see, I think we'll see him on the field on Sunday. It may not be an every down type of deal, but I think you'll see him get some playing time. Even because, even if no other reason, if you put Quan Alexander out there, then that may open up that Cam Jordan alley because you've got to, You've got to be keeping him in mind. And uh, of course, we're thrilled to have him. Here's a guy that went to LSU that's coming back to yep, play Tiger for the Tiger fans Saints. were very excited and, about um, that. <laughs> so that's a, that's a really exciting thing for us here. And uh, I, I, I think it's a great addition. I think Kiko had, had played well, but uh, wasn't quite the fit that we needed here. And so uh, I thought came it was a good from, trade. Yeah, came, Everything, back, came off of an injury and uh, he just was came off the, uh, the populace. So we're go- we're getting a little bit younger at that position too. So I think like, you know, like I said, we don't know what's going to happen. Our, there's a lot of guys that are set to be free agents. Contracts are expiring. Our, our defense, our, our whole team is going to look different next year. So, maybe their thought process is, Hey, somebody a little bit younger who, you know, hasn't had such a serious injury that might fit in the scheme better, but I you know, applaud them for, for, for making that decision and, and making a jump and going with that trade because that has been our Achilles heel. I mean, that's what we talk about every week is the defense, not, not doing what they need to do. They're not performing. You mentioned Cam Jordan, who's up until this past week has been basically non-existent. non-existent. And that's unusual for us to, to, for that, because he's a name that we normally hear multiple times during games. And we hadn't heard from him. People, so people were asking me like, is he injured? What's going on? I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. I just no, don't know. We're- if you if you really kind of focus in on what's happening to Cam Jordan, they are double bumping him on every play, which doesn't give him that step that he had. Now, what it does do is it leaves some openings on the other side. And we're still seeing, you know, what what the effects with Sheldon Rankins is. We've got some things that are that are kind of in play in terms of your pass rush, but it, you, you, you don't have a linebacker that's really putting any fear in a, an opposing offense right now. Now you do when you bring Quan Alexander in. Now you have a, a linebacker that somebody goes, we have to spy. And if you spy the linebacker, then you're going to have a really difficult time putting that double coverage on Cam Jordan. And that could open him up. That's just my, that's just my personal uh, thought on why that makes sense right now. And you mentioned Sheldon Rankins, who's going to be out for a couple of weeks, who got an MCL injury in his knee, and they didn't even show the replay. They said it was that bad, but I don't know how he walked off the field. I mean, adrenaline is is a is a powerful thing because I mean they said it was really bad, but they expect him to be out a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be missing him for sure. I mean, because he's you know he's integral part of the defense. But these these all, and that's why I said last week I didn't want to like put it throw anybody under the the bus and name names but I mean you know we are, the secondary needs to step up we need to put some pressure this the NFC South is the h- hardest division in the league 
I mean, it just, the Panthers are literally like a game, two games below us, I think. And I don't, we're not gonna mention the Falcons, but I mean, Tom Brady, the Bucks, they're, they're sitting a game ahead of us. We've got here on out, the schedule is going to get hard. We've got to win. We're playing for the division. We're playing for that tiebreaker. If we down the stretch, you know, we're going to go neck and neck, just like uh, Drew and, and, and Tom are with the record. I mean, the little ticker at the bottom was hilarious. I don't know if you caught that. Oh yeah. (laughs) So everybody caught that. We're going to go we're going to go back and forth with that record. We're going to go back and forth with them. I don't, I don't see them letting off the brakes. I don't see us letting off the brakes. Yeah. We're not winning the way that we, we are used to, but we're also, you know, we're, we're winning those games that, that really count. We've got to keep just every week getting better. We're so, winning the games that we typically didn't Tina. And that's what excites me about the saints this year is that we're winning the games that we typically would have lost those down to the wire, the can't finish it out. And we're not playing that way right now. So with your I, number one playmaker out. And I, uh, and I mean, I say that because, because I don't want to take away from, from Kamara. He's having a phenomenal season, but Mike Thomas was the guy and he's been out since week one. So we've been doing it without him. And then last week, like I said, we didn't have, we have Callaway. We didn't have San, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. We didn't have Mike. Right. So, and we still did it. And it wasn't great, it happen. you know, 26, uh, 23 overtime win, but we made it happen. So. Well, you know. I, I think that we're, we're in good shape. You're, you're five and two, you're going into your biggest matchup of the season so far this Sunday night. I can't wait. Look, it could be a lot worse. You could be LSU right now and just got blown out by South Carolina, by Auburn and, and trying to, Look ahead at your schedule, and all you can see is Alabama staring you down in the face. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not complaining. That's why when people were, you know, talking about it, and they're like, you know, what do fans want? I'm like, they're just. It's we're spoiled. We're spoiled. We're used to you know putting up 40 points, blowing away teams, and this is just this is a different season. And just like we've had to adapt to everything that's happened in 2020, the Saints have had to adapt to this new season, and we as fans have to adapt to it. And hey, look, if they I don't care if they win by one point Sunday night, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Just want to get out of there with a clean win, no injuries, because like I said, we're getting our guys back. We, want to hit, we don't want to lose anymore, especially at this point in the season when we get into the harder stretch. And I feel like if we can stay healthy, we can be competitive, we can make it into the playoffs and you know, just see what happens from there. I'll be honest, you know, we've already got a win against Brady and the Bucks this year. And if we can come out of that game with no injuries, I would take a tie. I would take a tie in that game because you still hold the tiebreaker at that point. But the odds of that happening, you know, we're very slim. <laughs> I, look, we got we got close enough this week. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And and the good thing is hopefully there'll be more fans at the at the next home game that, that's coming up. And uh as unfortunately, I know we talked we did kind of kind of gloss over this last week. New Orleans was supposed to go into phase three point three and Mayor Crenshaw put it on hold and it's still on hold. And I think she's waiting to see what's going on with the data from Halloween weekend because there was a lot of events. I don't really know, but yeah, we're on hold with that right now. So that that's all going to depend on how many fans are in the stadium because they were going to bump it up to 6,000 depending on what happened with this previous game. And then 
you know, with the numbers from here on out. So we'll, we'll see where things stand at that point, but it would be exciting to get some fans in there. More fans. uh, I mean, a lot of people wanted to go and couldn't go. And the ones that could go had to buy their tickets online for $400 a piece, which is just insane. I wouldn't hold your breath about seeing a whole lot of fans in the stands. And, and for two reasons, number one, we saw a lot of games this weekend where there was nobody in the stands. That was the first thing. And the other thing was, look at what this town, and I look, I love my city as much as anybody else, but everybody had to run out to Bourbon Street again Halloween night <laughs> and crowd the streets, and that is not helping the case. So now every time that happens, they wait for the data to see if something came out of that. And so I think we may see a prolonged fans in the stands thing. But, uh, you know, we're, we're still going to be stuck in this phase 3.2, 3.2A, <laughs> or I, I don't know what you call it's, it anymore. It's 3.2, 3.2. Limited, <laughs> I'm, not sure, limit. I'm not sure what the decimal is. We're in pi. I'll call it that 3.14. That seems about right. Um, but we're not, we're not there yet. And so uh, uh, we'll just see. But I thought that ultimately, from what I saw, in, in this town, uh, people were, even with the power outages, which was even making trick-or-treating difficult, which was making Halloween festivities difficult, people still seemed pretty positive. People had a good time. I saw a lot of house parties where people had rented the uh, spacewalks and they had their, their close friends and family over. The kids would all jump. They had big buckets of candy out. Uh, kids were still, it was hard for me Thursday, uh, uh, Friday rather, I went out to go try to find a pumpkin. I couldn't find a pumpkin anywhere. It was very weird. But um, I, I I thought we had a great time. The kid, my kids enjoyed it. They went uh, trick-or-treating to the couple of houses in the neighborhood that, that we're in. They had a great time. Uh, you know, there were pieces of it. People were wearing masks. People were, were enjoying it. And then you had Bourbon Street where everybody's like, ah, we're just all going to get together. Yeah, that, that really disappointed me seeing all the images online and people talking about it. And because we, we we mentioned this and I said, you know, I, I want people to go out and support our restaurants and 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 support our local businesses, but just not in the way that they're doing it. And, and that's what's going to make everybody suffer, because if those numbers go back up, then yep. things are then we're going back down. And it all has effects. And I do want to give a shout out to a couple of new restaurants that have popped open in the last week, which is amazing. We talk about a time where restaurants are really struggling. It's a very difficult time to get into the game. And this week, there have been two restaurants. One is right down the street from me, and I am really excited about it. They have a New Orleans location, and now they've opened up a second location in Harahan. That's Liberty Cheesesteaks, which uh, the cheesesteak is the big deal, of course, out of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And you can go to Pat's and Gino's, which psst, they're both terribly overrated however if you go to Sonny's in philadelphia and you get a cheesesteak there it is absolutely amazing but liberty cheesesteak has opened a second location here in harahan and uh liberty the one that's been on ferret street for years fantastic and even those people that have come in from philly that i've taken over there and had them they're impressed with it. So that tells you they're doing, it's like if you went to a po' boy shop in Pennsylvania, Yeah, I'd probably to check it out. laugh going in, right? So, but uh, 
but they've even been impressed. So I wanted to give a shout out to that one. And of course, where the old city diner has been for years, there was a new Indian restaurant that's opened up there. These folks have a restaurant that's up in Hammond that took an old gas station and gave it brand new life. They've been successful up there for a couple of years. And so Tandoori has come down and opened up at the old city diner. And uh, they said, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to make it work. We're going to give it a shot. And uh, the reviews have been outstanding, which is very difficult to do. Is that on Causeway by the service road? That is on Causeway right by the service road. So a couple of brand new places that have popped up that people, if you get a chance, go out, support them, do takeout, dine in. Uh, it's a great way to, to support restaurants that are just sprouting up because everybody's done a really good job of supporting our local restaurants. And our restaurant community is one of the strongest, not just in America, but in the entire world. So you can't beat the food. I mean, that's why. And I'll tell you, Saturday night, you were mentioning about people going out and uh, having house parties. I saw a lot of people, they must have either rent or bought a projector and were doing movie nights this weekend, uh, Hocus Pocus, Halloween, but uh, they were doing pizza and they were ordering takeout. Uh, and it just, you know, it looked really, really fun to do that outside, especially because the weather was so beautiful. They had a chair set up, a couple of friends of mine were posting in their neighborhood and they, uh, they, did a, they did a movie projector night on Friday night. And it looked really fun. And I was like, you know, with this kind of, with the weather being the way it is and how we're going to stay into this in fall season, that'd be some good things to do. And I know like some of the places have been talking about bringing back drive-in movies and I'm like, I'm all for that. Right. You know, I think that's a great idea. I mean, if you can do it at home, you know, with a projector, why not with all the areas that we have right now that are vacant? The bring back the old drive-in movies. I think there's a market for it. I think there's space for it. I think it'd be a great way to do it. And funny that you mentioned that because do you know what starts on Friday? This Friday, November the 6th, is the 31st annual New Orleans Film Festival. Did you know that that started on Friday? No, I thought everything was canceled for this year. <laughs> no, it is not canceled. What they have done is they're going to open up three separate open air cinemas at the Lafitte Greenway, which is right in the middle the mid city, an area that's been transformed into a two and a half mile long, uh, you know, quarter mile wide neutral ground, for lack of a better term, uh, open grass area. They're going to have three different outdoor cinemas, each limited to 100 people. And the New Orleans Film Festival will still be going on, featuring local films, local actors, all kinds of great stuff. That information is online, noff 2020 eventive eventive e-v-e-n-t-i-v-e dot org so n-o-f-f 2020 dot eventive dot org you can go get tickets check out some of the local film and like you said with the weather the way it is how could you not ask for a better thing than to sit outside and watch a movie and support local artists i think that's a win-win yeah. And I mean, it, and it's cool to be out there and seeing old movies, especially this past weekend. There was a lot of, th- a lot of old Halloween scary movies that I hadn't uh, Rocky seen. Rocky Horror in, Picture Shows, I'm sure. Oh, that I hadn't seen in years. And I was watching them and I just, you know, it brings you back to when you're younger. And it's funny because I saw online, I think it was Britannia Theater had Rocky Horror. It's a 45th anniversary. I was like, man, do I feel old? Because I remember in high school going to go see that at the old Lakeside Theater on Veterans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
veterans. Yeah, 45 years. But yeah, I I thought about that. I said, maybe we need to look into seeing about how we can maybe possibly get some, a drive-in movie theater, either like at the fairground or somewhere, Potch Train Center, because I mean, right now, especially with everything going on, it's a good way to get people outside and families together and I think it'd be fun. I mean, if neighborhoods can do it, why can't they do it on a larger scale? So maybe well, somebody, maybe Florist truly might want to look into getting well, started up. <laughs> look, and, and I'm throwing it out there. One of the challenges the traditional theaters have had is that they can't really get people back in. But you know what theaters all have in common? They all parking have lots. massive parking, parking lots. lots. So why not utilize them? You're already in the business. You've already got all the contacts yep. and the supplies got the, that you, you got, need. Yeah, got the equipment. You just need the projector if, screen, which wouldn't be that hard to do. No, if any cinema company wants to contact me to help them coordinate <laughs> that, you can reach me online. <clears throat> and I would be happy to make that happen. <clears throat> Who came up with the idea? <laughs> well, no, Tina, we'll... We'll, we'll certainly share. You can, uh, you can be the equipment guy. I can do the marketing. So I know, look, I, I, I'm staying in my lane. I know what I'm good at. (laughs) That that sounds like a plan. I I will handle logistics and you handle marketing. Yes, of course. I think we, I think we got a great idea and I I, I think it's going to be a great week again. I think the weather's going to really be fun and, and just to wrap this up on a positive note, because I think we've got some great ideas here and I'm, I'm serious. We have to look into it and see, but as always, we want to thank y'all for joining us and listening to us here on floors truly. And if you want to hit us up on social media with any of your own suggestions for some cool things to do, out and about just let us know this is tina at the nola girl on twitter our official floors truly handle is at underscore ah, at floors truly floors underscore truly <laughs> and i'm here with my fabulous cold i'm like completely tripping up let i'm just gonna let you, you talk down you you are really struggling over there i know you're just excited about going to watch election results tina but <laughs> you can find me on the twitter sphere and that is the nola rolla on twitter and of course you can find me on facebook jeff momus j-e-f-f M-A-U-M-U-S. You'll find me online, I promise. And I'll be live. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll be live tweeting again this Sunday night during the Bucks game. So come jump on Twitter and uh, hang out with us for the game. And hope everyone has a great week. And we will see y'all next week on Floors Truly. USA! Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic. And you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things, and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic. And you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things, and the driving the family business forward things. 
we put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you.